I'm Ben, as always I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hey. Today we're going to do an anthology of the strange. It's number three. It's all the stuff that we've found over the course of research that it's like, oh yeah, that'll be really good to talk about, but it's not going to last, you know, the good sort of 40 minutes to an hour and a half that we needed to. So yeah. we put them all into one of these for your listening pleasure. It's like a, you know, elongated weird news, isn't it? Kind of. Yes, but more varied. Mm. We've got aliens and Nazis. Come on. <laughs> Nazis twice. Nazis twice. It's always a very heavy, na- Nazi heavy episode. Well, well, isn't like, it? Just like life is becoming very Nazi heavy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It's yeah. that way. Yes. It was a great spoiler alert for Rick and Morty season four where Rick keeps ending up in these d- dimension skippings. And every dimension he ends up in, everyone's a Nazi. <laughs> Apart from the wasps. The, the dimension everyone was a wasp. They were like, no, nah, man, we're dicks, but we hate Nazis. <laughs> you don't want Nazi wasps. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Cocooned in their fucking hives. Ooh, there's a B-movie. Yeah. Copyrighters. <laughs> All right, let's thank some new and returning listeners then. Um, so Singapore, Brussels, Belgium, uh, Loomis, California, Sydney, Australia, Hyderabad, India. We always got a couple of Indian listeners. Grand Prairie in Texas, uh, Washington, Missouri. Yeah. yeah. Palazzo Martisana in Italy, uh, Vanderbilt Park in South Africa, London, United Kingdom, Warsaw, Poland, Yangon in Myanmar, Ronnenberg in Germany. Uh, Los Angeles, California, Aurora, that's a new one, what's this, CO? Colorado. Colorado, Scott City, Missouri, Greenville, North Carolina, West Jordan in Utah, uh, Guadalajara, Spain, and Shady Nasty, still top. Hey, thank you. Thank you all for listening, tell a friend, tell several friends. Yep. So we will forgo weird news this week, and uh, we'll move straight on in. The Nazis. <laughs> to the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Oh, they're everywhere. They are like history's bad guys now. They're going to they're gonna be like that bad pantomime villain that shows up every decade and has to be beaten back. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> they are the ultimate villains from history, though, aren't they? That's it. Well, because they did pretty awful things. Well, yes, they did terrible. I'm not saying that their reputation isn't ill-deserved. Yeah. You know, they are Nazis. Yeah. It's, they're a nasty bunch of people. It's... Yeah. Uh, anyway, right. So were the Nazis the first to visit the moon and Mars using a UFO-looking Nazi bell? And... <laughs> bell. Nazi bell. De Glocker. The Nazi Bell, a UFO-looking spacecraft, was created by Nazi Germany to enable flights to the Moon and other planets of the solar system and even the Alpha Tauri star system. According to some conspiracy theorists, the Nazis used an incredible anti-gravity system to develop such technology. My question is, why the fuck didn't they use it in the war then? To help them win the war they lost? 
If they had this technology, they would have used it, surely. Well, if there's only one and it's experimental. Fuck it. 1945, they're on their fucking asses. They need something. They, it would, would be worth do? a try, wouldn't it? What would they do? Fly it over and, I don't know, and kamikaze it into something? How exactly. would, that, how would yeah. that help win the war? Yeah, what is one of these things well, going might be to able do? to have an orbital strike. Maybe it won't. What are they going to strike with? They haven't got nukes. they got V2s. Well, so we're going to strap a load of V2s to it yeah. and then let it fire down? Yeah. The problem was that it wasn't accurate and it couldn't, go, couldn't go very far, could it? I don't think it's going to work. If you're dropping it from space, if you know the rotation of the Earth, the angle, you can get it right and account for the wind speeds and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's a piece of piss then. We'll be fine in 1940s technology. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Always will strike. Then again, they have got a Nazi bell. Who knows? There it is in, in all its Nazi glory. <laughs> it looks like a church bell with a Nazi sign on it. Yeah, pretty much, and some runes. I think it looks like Darth Vader's helmet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or his butt plug. <laughs> or oh, Rick Moranis' Darth Vader helmet in, yeah. in Spaceballs. And the Nazi bell, a top secret project commissioned by Hitler. There are witnesses who claim the apparatus of the Third Reich had landed on the Moon, Mars and distant star systems. There was also a documentary that suggested that anti-gravity technology was used by the United States after it was captured and then tested after the war. This is the UFO that crashed in 47 in Roswell and Hitler ordered the technology developed as part of a secret space program. Mm. Where is it now? How does it take <laughs> off? It looks ever so heavy. <laughs> anti gravity, isn't it? There's this actually anti grab, it's no weight. It weighs nothing, I suppose. Yeah. And there's that weird circle of concrete columns in Poland in the middle of the forest that they reckon it was where it was being tested. Mm. It was apparently a bell shaped machine capable of destroying almost everything. It was believed the bell could even change time. But if it really existed, what happened to it? Was he on the verge of changing history with it? And if so, whose hands is it in now? Nobody's, it never existed. <laughs> There's a picture of it, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, didn't you see the artist impression of it? <laughs> it's labelled, doesn't that? It doesn't say artist impression underneath. Oh, it's a real photograph, of course. Well, of course we can trust heroinwise.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't know who they are, but... Yeah, strange inscriptions. Always going to have the swastika on everything. They go with branding, weren't they? Certainly. What's the so, Kecksburg acorn? <laughs> well, funny you should mention that. In the 60s, that thing came down apparently in a town in the US called Kecksburg. Oh, right, okay. And it was referred to as Kecksburg acorn. The guy who found it said it looked like an acorn. Then the military came in, closed off the area, wrapped it up, stuck it on the back of a wagon, fucked off with it. Take it wasn't the size of an acorn. No, no, it was like, <laughs> it was like sort of a, funnily enough, a similar size mm. to the Nazi bell. The mythical Nazi bell. The mythical Nazi bell. The <laughs> mythical Nazi bell. <laughs> that one. We didn't use it in the war. <laughs> the mythical Nazi bell. <laughs> You'd think that he used it. Yeah. Unless the guy that did invent it was like the Russians or the Americans or whatever's closing in on his secret bunker and he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to try it. And then he ended up in 60s Kecksburg. And he couldn't get back. And he couldn't get back, it was fucked, it just crashed. He broke it. 
Oh, it's got time like, traveling now as well as <laughs> anti gravity. Well, yeah, it said it was time traveling. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, I missed that. Oh, uh, that's the first thing I thought. Oh, as soon as I said tra- time traveling, I was like, yeah, well, why didn't it win- help them win the war? Well, that's it. Yeah, even, even more evidence, then, isn't it? We were all speaking Deutsch now. But well, you just did. Scheisen! Great. So, yeah. What do you think the Nazi now? Let's scroll down a bit more because we've got some more of the article. Apparently, it was powered by red mercury. Could have been linked to the Roswell incident in 47. How? Well, it could have been that bursting through instead. Uh-huh. Where'd you get red mercury these days? Well, maybe the Third Reich was dealing with aliens. Mm. I don't know what red mercury is, I must admit. I thought it was just going to be like normal silver mercury but red. That's <laughs> uh, probably what it is, it's just red. I don't know where you get it from, maybe you put some dye in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I assume it's, it's some kind of alien fuel. Sounds a bit like that plasma off, top, off Star Trek, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Except it's red. Star Trek are in cahoots with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Star Trek was all based on the Nazi space programme. They just turned them into space communists for the show. Yeah. They did really want to... Um, a space program though they had it planned and everything I mean Von Braun wanted uh, want, the reason he wanted the rockets was to get into space allegedly not to bomb cities but mm-hmm. obviously the rockets got given a weapon the, the SS went that'd make a great weapon apparently red mercury doesn't exist well, there, you, <laughs> there you go then it's a fictional substance purportedly uh, of uncertain composition used in the creation of nuclear weapons and other weapon systems but it's fictional well, it might be fictional. Could be alien red mercury. Could be. Could be. All right, so Nazi Bell. I, I think it's a time travel. Right, you've got to answer the question, well, they should have just come back and not invaded Russia in 41, shouldn't they? But then again, didn't we learn that if you go back in time, all the time is self-healing. So no matter what they did, they'd always lose the war. Did we learn that from Red Dwarf? No. Where did we learn that from then? Because that's why I get most of my facts. science. Fucked up facts here, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't remember. That's the end of the show. I'm too high by that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, come to think of it, maybe they did have it and they went back. Yeah. Couldn't do anything about it. They so fucked it up. No matter what they did, perhaps this was their best outcome. What, will they take over again in, in 70 years? Maybe. And they don't have to fight a war to do it, they just gradually turn public opinion to agree with all their ideals. Or maybe... Through subtle propaganda. This was the only way that they could survive, was to lose the war and infiltrate into America. Oh, I don't believe time self-healing, I don't. I couldn't, you know... Project Paperclip? I don't believe it's self-healing at all. No. No, I think it's you, you can go off on a tangent, for sure, like, you know, back to the future. That's what the, sci- the recent science says. I mean, it's not conclusive, I don't think. But Until someone goes back in time, we won't know. That's true. Maybe people are going back in time. Fucking the year up and trying no, no. to change it. Yeah, we're failing because it's, it, because it's all destined to happen that way anyway. Well, that's depressing mm. in that scenario. Yeah. I don't like the idea everything's destined to happen. Yeah, I don't like the idea of fate either. You know, I like... The idea of your own person. But if yeah. we're a simulation, then it, it could be all mapped out for us. Like the Matrix. Yeah, but then we go, then we're onto another level where it's a simulation, so what the fuck should I care? <laughs> it's real to you, it's real to us. 
Yeah, it is, but it's like, well... It might be a simulation, but when it's real to us, so what does it matter at the end of the day? Are we being controlled in, like, some video game, or are we just in a pod somewhere? That's the other thing. Who knows? It might not be a simulation, but I'm just saying it might be. Well, either way, Nazi bells. I do think the Nazis had some fucking messed up shit, though, towards the end of the war. They were experimenting with a lot of stuff. I'm not saying they had a time-travelling bell that was, like, anti, anti-grav, anti but I reckon that... I mean, they had, like, guided missiles by the end of the war. They had the prototypes working. They just couldn't, obviously, produce enough of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they had assault rifles. They really... The technology just really jumped. I mean, they got the first jet fighters into the air. They were experimenting with all kinds of fucking crazy rocket planes. And imagine if they'd held on to Einstein. They would have had the nuke. Could have got the A-bomb. I mean... There's a conspiracy that they actually did get a dirty bomb and used it at Kursk, which is a battle on the Eastern Front, but it's never really been proven. It was worth looking into, actually. I just thought of that. I just remembered that one. Yeah, it's... I think they I think they were definitely toying with that stuff. Because wasn't that what the movie was about, the heroes of Telemark? They blew up the dam in Norway so they couldn't get the heavy water they needed to... Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think if they are doing this, it has to be, you know, led by UFOs for sure because it's going against what what we've made for, you know, quite a few years. The normal star planes and stuff. It's a totally different shape, isn't it? Unless we're further ahead than they let us on, let us believe. You know, in secret they've got flying triangles that can go to Mars within like three hours. What did that guy from Skunkwick say? He said that we're 50 years ahead of where we, where we think we are. There was a problem with Einstein's equations. They fixed it and now they can go to fucking Mars in three hours. Can't remember his name now. He died of cancer not long after saying that at a, a meeting. Hmm. Skunk works for anyone that doesn't know. is like the top secret division of Boeing. They made the stealth fighter. They made the, the U-2. They made the um, that sweet one that used to go really high. I can't remember its name. The Black Hawk. No, not the Black Hawk. Oh, you, I can't remember what it's called. It's going to piss me off now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, it's all the top secret stuff and this guy's in charge of it and he says, yeah, we're 50 years ahead. You know, well, fuck me. Maybe we... Who knows? Indeed. Maybe, maybe they did get their tech from either possibly meeting aliens, which I still believe... Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Nazis are doing a deal themselves but lost anyway. Maybe they just couldn't figure the shit out in time. Maybe the Nazi bell crashed at Roswell in 47. The Americans got it, picked it up, fixed it, tried to use it themselves, ended up crashing it in 1960s Kecksburg. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe it's like the Philadelphia experiment. I watched that the other week. It was shit. I forgot how bad it was. <laughs> that's my theory anyway. I think it's a bollocks, personally. Oh, the, red, the, the red mercury sank it for me. <laughs> Man. Well, Nazis and time travel. It's not a good combination. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly like the Philadelphia Experiment 2, where they send a, a jet fighter back in time to the Nazis. Fuck, did you watch that as well? I nearly did. <laughs> Even on them? Yeah. Okay, the Aztec death whistles. Right, I'm going to just take the headphones off a moment. I'm going to put it on, yeah. 
No, I want warning when I do. Okay. I'll give you a, I, I need to give you a warning. I heard, we heard this before the show started, and you may want to, you know, turn the volume down when Mike gives you the five-second warning or something. When odd, skull-shaped grave items were found by archaeologists decades ago in Aztec Temple in Mexico, they were assumed to be mere toys or ornaments, and we're <laughs> yeah, little school shaped titles given to the kids. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Um, no, you know, they love the sun, didn't they? Death day. Happy Happy Death Day. Here's a little skull. <laughs> Fucking hell. And they were catalogued and stored in warehouses. However, years later, experts discovered they were creepy death whistles that made piercing noises resembling a human scream which the ancient Aztecs may have used during ceremonies, sacrifices, or during battles to strike fear into their enemies. Fucking hell, imagine you, you're lining up to get sacrificed. Mm -hmm. There's no escape. You're stood on the steps, there's guards either side of you, and you can, you can hear the people screaming above you as it is, and then every now and again some fucker steps in and blows that in your face. You know, you're already shitting your pants. <laughs> Do you want to hear it then? Yeah, hang on, I'll just take the headphones off. the Aztecs are creepy bastards. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who had their eardrums blown out by that? That'd shit you up, wouldn't it? Yes! Yes, yes, yes it would. It'd shit me up, but I'm just fucking sat in here. You're in the jungle, you, you're waiting to attack the enemy, and then you start hearing that all around you. You don't know where it is. Yeah, and then these fucking guys with jaguar fucking skins jump out the trees at you and start fucking hitting you with stone... Flint fucking wooden clubs, flint edged wooden clubs, or whatever they used. No thanks. The Aztecs are creepy fuckers. Well, two of these whistles were found uh, in the temple of the wind god Ekakati. Maybe. Ekakati, <laughs> in the hands of a sacrificed male skeleton. While the when the whistles were finally blown, the sounds greatly described as terrifying. And the, the Mail Online described it as a scream of a thousand corpses. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. It is. <laughs> They've got like a Day of the Dead type skull on the front, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. They loved the skull, the Aztecs, didn't they? It's not just enough to rip your heart out. It's, no, it's got the skull on display too. Mm. Twats. It's a homage to the human form, isn't it? Hmm? Personally, I think they look like little mini bongs. <laughs> no, they do a bit. You could use it as a bong. <laughs> Possibly. Put the spliff in its mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, I'd like, use it as a pipe. Yeah. yeah, pipe. Might fucking freak you out a bit, though, if you breathe out of it. Kind of screams. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not for me. Nah, but that was, yeah, that was gently Aztecs are bastards, aren't they? <laughs> Mind you, the Spanish were much better. You know, the old conquistadors. Did have some fucking audacity, though, that Hernan Cortes. Turned up with 60 blokes, then ended up taking down a fucking empire. 
Didn't he kill most of them through disease? disease. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was that. Didn't help. It was great because the Aztecs like had shit tons of gold, but didn't actually recognize. I told you this, didn't I? They didn't recognize it as yeah. being that valuable. Just back they were like, "Oh yeah, you, you want some of that? Yeah, take it the shitloads." Yeah. <laughs> the Europeans are like, "Ha ha!" It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Still wasn't enough though, was it? No. They got greedy, had to kill them all and take more. And conquer the area and then rule it for a few hundred years and do a really shitty job of it. Oh, so what mm. goes around comes around, eh? That's what the money and the power, don't they? Yeah, it's all what's well, all about the wealth and it. Bloody capitalism. Mm. Claire. Okay, so we're going back to the space topic here, and we're talking about. A mirror, mirror. A mirror, mirror. Or on a mirror if you want to be lazy on, like on me. On a mirror if you, yeah, want to be... Uh... Incorrect like Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure we've covered this on Weird News before. It might have been because... We uh, have covered it briefly when it first happened, yeah. Yeah. But uh, they've been watching it. as It's been flying past us. Well, so it's gone now, hasn't it? I think. It's slingshot around the sun and gone flying away at 196 miles an hour. 196,000. miles per hour. Yeah, fucking fast. Fastest thing like, we've ever encountered, isn't it, in this solar system? It's no, it's an alien probe. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it looks like a cigar. Shaped like shaped. In every single UFO, well, most UFO sizing cigar shaped craft. This is shaped like a cigar. Ergo, alien probe. It's weird, isn't it? Never seen anything like that. So it was uh, discovered in November 2017 by uh, somebody funded by NASA. It was first put down to be like an asteroid, or, or no, it was first a comet, but then they've called it an asteroid now, haven't they? No, no, I don't think so. It now it behaves more like a more comet. like a comet, yeah. Or an alien probe. Or an alien probe. Well, it's sort of spinning. It's not just like. Whoosh. Yeah, but that could be part of the uh, scanning. They just found us. They know we're here. It's up to a quarter of a mile long, ten times long as it is wide. Yeah, that's aspect ratio is greater than any other asteroid or comet observed in our solar system to date. So it's got to be a probe. To think. Yep. So while its elongated shape is quite surprising, and unlike objects seen in our solar system, it may provide new clues into how other solar systems are formed. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you've never seen anything like it. Every other, everything else you've ever seen is just a, a, you know, it's a vague hunk of rock, isn't it? Yeah. They're saying that it's like coming out of a, you know, possibly newly formed galaxy or something. Because, yeah. you know, the, the fact that it's come sort of moving towards towards us and, you know, been sort of slingshot around. How did it get its shape? That's what I'm... It confuses me. It's such a unique shape, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's Chester, the show catcher you just heard. It is, it, that's the thing, it's, it's the shape of it, the fact that he just decided to slingshot around the sun, I think is, is odd. Uh, but then again, it, maybe it found what it was looking for. Hmm. They are coming. Well, saying that it's, um, it's been unattached to any star system for hundreds of millions of years before it's come flying past us. This, is, this could be like, you know, one of any that could come flying past into very close to yeah well, isn't yeah, it? I've seen it I mean I know but the, the distance between the stars is so vast for the chance 
for it to come into our solar system. That's why it's, it's the first thing we've ever seen and we've never seen anything like it since. But we have been only looking, you know, for the last we 400 have. years. It's or nothing. Like yeah, a it's a blip, isn't it? Yeah. NASA can only see, like, X amount of the sky at any one, at any one time anyway, can't they? Well, they, or they they've only the budget to map so much of it. Yeah. So it's really lucky. And only things of a certain size. You can't see things too small. Hmm. But obviously this is quite big. Quarter of a mile, isn't it? Yeah. Spins on its axis every 7.3 hours. And if that's not some kind of anti-grav thing, I don't know. <laughs> some kind of propulsion system. It's just... Just it's been sort of yeah. thrown out, isn't it, from wherever it yeah. first come from? I'm telling you, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a pro, man. They're, they're coming for us. <laughs> they're good or bad, they're coming for us. Well, if, if we're to believe you, they're already here. Yeah, so what <laughs> the point and is they're coming, and they're them? coming for us. Different Make race. Mind. Mike! Oh, the different race, they're a bit behind them, aren't they? Because <laughs> you're saying that some have been here for centuries and yeah, maybe, maybe. I've never, well, I've never said that. <laughs> I've never said that at all. I don't go for the ancient aliens thing, actually, or a lot of it anyway. Some of it, maybe, not all of it. Not the pyramid building crap, I don't go for that. Well, maybe, a little bit. Maybe they had supervision. I don't know. But, I'm telling you, probe. I can believe in whatever alien conspiracies I want. You can, but you've got no evidence for it. You've presented, yes, yes. presented loads of evidence over the course of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> loads of high quality yeah. testimonies from respected witnesses. Okay. <laughs> Why so quiet, Mike? Because you know I've won. No, because you're fucking dubious <laughs> sources. What dubious sources? The fucking hillbillies for one that was a proper fucking sighting <laughs> Kelly Hopkins will encounter telling you check it out <laughs> sorry Claire please continue it's quite alright <laughs> well it's come from Vega that way Vega I'm sure that's been linked in with some kind of um, alien race before now <laughs> probably And astronomers estimate that an interstellar object similar to Oumuamua passes through the inner solar system about once a year. But they are faint and hard uh -huh. to spot and have been missed. Just like that one that was a couple of weeks ago and we only saw it when it went past. We were like, hi. <laughs> oh yeah, that was pretty close. That's another probe. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's only uh, recently that survey telescopes such as Star S1 are powerful enough to have the chance to discover them. Uh, well, my opinion has not changed. Didn't think it would. Still a probe. Still a probe. I think it's could too... be. It could be. Who knows? Could be. It's weird, isn't it? But it shows that there's other. Well, we know that there's other galaxies out there. That, but it shows that there's other hard material, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that asteroid. Well, we, we know. You know. We know that there's asteroids around for ages and stuff. But something that's come from outside the galaxy can come flying in. You know. Oh, yeah. I mean, who knows where it's come from? Really? I mean, just could have got caught up by some, into some put the pull or something, and just been cruising towards us since, and then just got slingshot around the sun and gone. I think, personally, that's a pre programmed route. <laughs> it's heading back to the mothership. That's me. <laughs> but the Pentagon has admitted that something's visiting yeah. us. Who do we know that wasn't to? Might be. I mean, it'd be. Ingenious disguise, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, these humans are dumb. Make it look like an asteroid. 
Do you know them fucking humans got fooled by that wooden horse? Send it as an asteroid. Yeah. And any species on planets were just thinking, what's well, this asteroid just passing through? And at the time, it could be taking pictures and what fuck knows what else it could be doing. Maybe it was the post pod to the alien base on the moon, to the hollow moon. Because the moon is just actually a gigantic alien base. You say that's the, the <laughs> male fucking That was wagon. the male pod, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was dro- it dropped it off and slingshotted around the sun, went off to its next drop. <laughs> like the Amazon of space. Space Amazon. <laughs> there you go. Who knows? Certainly creepy and weird. Maybe the guys on the moon received new orders. Moving to the next phase. Who knows? Mike's just looking, looking at me and saying, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, I still think it's a probably a comet or asteroid. It's a pity we couldn't just jump on its back and fly out to, out, you know, out of space. Or ride it like a magic ride. carpet. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good idea, actually. Is it? Not us personally, but you could put a probe on it. And then you could, you know, it's time well, to I was, so just, fast. I, I was just sitting here thinking about the logistics of it as you were chatting. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get something onto the back of something that's going, you know, 130, mm. 190,000 miles. We've landed miles. on comets now. Yeah. So we've done that. Hang on, hang on. Why not us? Why can't we go to a comet? <sighs> what, just leaving a solar system? It's never coming back. It you might want to take a chance. <laughs> Think of where we go. Yeah. Well, they, got to wait for the Empty next space one. for the next thousand years. We might get picked up by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> go on then. Why couldn't we do it? <laughs> We'd be just as efficient as anyone else in the films. We haven't got replicators yet. That's true. But even so. If you sat in a space suit, where's your oxygen going to come from? Well, we obviously we've figured all that stuff out. You know, oh, oxygen recyclers and all that. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they should have definitely chucked something at that asteroid thing, shouldn't they, NASA? Just yeah. <laughs> slingshot it onto <laughs> yeah. it, it, as it. You know, it went flying past. Like a coyote with a rocket strapped to its back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trouble is, coyotes aren't going to fare better in space than you. <laughs> definitely not going to go beep beep. <laughs> also, they can't actually then... Translate what they're seeing back to us. <laughs> I think they're gonna a bit cruel. <laughs> oh, well, it's would be fun if we did Roadrunner. <laughs> you know. Okay, I understand it's cruel. And didn't the coyote always miss? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck the coyotes and they're useless. <laughs> That's all they don't employ the NASA man. <laughs> They're just cheating the cables and shit everywhere. <laughs> no help whatsoever. <laughs> and occasionally attack staff members. Yeah, you're in rabies. <laughs> well, how do they get the cables in the building? <laughs> they put a rotor inside. <laughs> oh. As soon as they all heard that meep meep, they all like fucking just ran out of the building. <laughs> we got you now. Send us to the to the moon. <laughs> so, just don't run the space program then. Afraid no. not. Oh. 
Oh well. Let's burst my bubble. What's next? Okay. All right, Ben. Uh, so up next we've got America's Leprechaun. Love it. It's a puck woodgy. A what? A puck woodgy. A puck woodgy. It's an American leprechaun. Two of these Irish leprechauns that have that have come across the ocean. <laughs> Maybe they did clinging to the ships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he comes from Wampanoag legends. I presume they're Native American Indians. And tells of a small troll-like being that can set fire to things, shoot poison arrows, and lure unsuspecting people to their doom. It sounds like the Leprechaun of the Simpsons. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may be a puck, would you? Let's, let's go down. They originate with Native American lore, as we said. They are extremely dangerous. They may still play little tricks here and there, but they just as soon steal a pie off a windsill as push someone off a cliff. Savage. Yeah. And steal your pie. They'll push you off a cliff and steal your, steal your pie. <laughs> they used to be really super friendly. Oh, that looks like a troll. Yeah, look him. They weren't always so mean and nasty. But, um, they first started out trying to be kind to us. Yeah, basically they got jealous of the creator, the uh, mouse shop, a creation giant who created most of the land that the uh, Wampanoag Indians lived on. So they started, these Puckerwoodges started doing nice things, helping them out in a way, but uh, unfortunately every time they tried to offer aid it usually backfired, resulting in destruction and chaos. Bit like the Indian and the white man, innit? Yeah. Every time they tried to help us, which they did originally. Mm-hmm. The Pilgrims, was it? Yeah, Thanksgiving, that's what Thanksgiving's yeah. about, isn't it? The Indians helped them, didn't they? And they they did. Repaid the favour by... Uh... Giving them smallpox infected <laughs> yeah. blankets. Oh. <laughs> Rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the absence of Mouse Shop, who stepped away, the Pukwujis began to kill, burn and kidnap people from the tribes. Mouse Shop even sent his sons to deal with it and the Pukwujis killed them as well. <laughs> These violent old bastards! It's just, they? Yeah, they yeah. turned on them, haven't they? They may actually kill people. Well, they push them off cliffs. Well, they, they wish vengeance on humanity for their the mistreatment. Pies. Good job, every other fucking living species doesn't want that, <laughs> We will be fucked. <laughs> we had the dogs and cats with us, were we? Well, because they, they, were, they were being so nice to us, they, they take it out on whoever messes with them or whoever they encounter. Throughout the centuries, they've been known to kidnap children and attack their victims viciously if crossed. They've been said to blind their victims with sand to the face and may use other trickery to even push people off a cliff. <laughs> Ah, uh, Sandy Miser! <laughs> <laughs> if appeased to small gifts and show respect, they may choose to leave you alone, but this is not always certain. Instead, they may choose to play minor tricks like causing you to forget things or confusing you so they get lost. Have you been encountering all of these recently, man? <laughs> That's what you got to let get, leave little gifts outside your house, or what, what's the crack? <laughs> I don't know, you sort of. Give them some bread or something and make them happy. Give Jack them, them off. Some bread. Jack them <laughs> off. <laughs> they may even attack your entire family while they laugh evilly. Mm. Come on, these. Yeah. Uh, nowadays they look more animal than human. They're said to have smooth grey skin that was unblend in the forest. Spines down their backs and enlarged fingers, ears, and noses. Uh, walk on two feet and can move pretty quickly. These things are between two and three feet tall, at knee height-ish. And they work in groups. 
their knee height is. Mm. And people aren't booting them. <laughs> yeah, but you'll be like going through the path and then you'll be like just chittering. Yeah, yeah, you're just walking along, suddenly they throw sand in your eyes and then they're on you. There's loads of them. Yeah, they work in groups. It's like it's like Jurassic Park. He's like, like gremlins. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's like a little one coming in the bush chittering and he's like, clever you know, like, clever girl. And then one jumps at you from the, from the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they can turn into massive porcupines. Oh, they can shapeshift. Fuck me. <laughs> Huge walking porcupines. Start shooting spines at you. Yeah, yeah it can. It walks on its hind legs. It can use its spines for both defence and attack. And they can become a full-size cougar. A step too far now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're... I'm, I'm on it. And they can create fire at will. Huh. Fire-breathing cougars. Yeah. They, they created fire in order to burn down the homes of the ungrateful people who did not appreciate their good deeds. Uh, they can also set arrows ablaze and start wildfires. What, maybe like little goblins? Exactly, little crotch goblins, aren't they? <laughs> they may glow in the dark. <laughs> Funny how we've never seen one, though, isn't it? Oh, do you know we haven't? I don't think they overrun us. How, how much, uh, you know, intellect are they really going to have? Well, can, can a, a, a pug would you stand up to an, an AR-15 assault rifle? What's the chance of them doing good deeds as well? Oh, well, they thought they did good deeds, but every time they did, disaster usually happened, like... So, like, hey, we built you a dam using shoddy materials and lax construction methods, and then three weeks later it collapses and kills, like, loads of people in the oh. village, and they're like, oh, well, we tried to help. We were no. being nice. Fuck oh. you, humanity. Knowing the people in the village, yeah, they turn around, get get a load of people together and uh, go and hunt them, and they'd, they'd be next week's handbag. <laughs> I've got some pucker woodsy shoes coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's a creepy American leprechaun though, that's that's kind of fun. So there's one cryptid I might be down for. You know, those Indians are onto something, weren't they, Mike? You loved the Native American Indian way of life. And their mythos. Do I? I thought you, <laughs> I thought you did. It's new to me. I, I like it. I respect, the, I respect their way of life, yeah. It was more sustainable than ours. Much more uh, harmonious, I'd say. Yeah. Well, they only, they only took what they needed, didn't they? That's it. I think we've got a lot to learn from them. They call them savages. Oh, right, well. And, then, and they had these little fuckers. Running around yeah. biting their yeah. ankles. Flaming arrows and stealing souls. You can take control of your soul. Oh, fuck. Does this uh, in order to use you as a sort of power or warrior against others and can basically send you out to haunt other people? Your own family may hear your laughter in their nightmares or see you walking around even though you've already passed on. Using your body as an avatar? Yeah. <laughs> They've murdered your soul and taken over your... Over your, your body? body? Yeah, your vehicle. Bastards. Uh, although the forgetful thing, maybe I have been visited by one. Nah. My memory's been terrible. That'd be the weed. <laughs> you could have been sucked up by one you don't even know. <laughs> I wonder what them bite marks were. Crunch <laughs> <laughs> <Watch> goblins. <laughs> You're lucky you still got your car. Well, <laughs> it's too big for him to take, Mike. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, move on, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Has anyone heard of If Day? No. No. The occupation of Manitoba. Okay. Which is a province in Canada. Right. You want my attention? On the frigid Winnipeg morning of February the 19th, 1942, Diane Edgelow's mother sent her out to buy a loaf of bread. She was 12 years old and got the shock of her life when she crossed the bridge into downtown. They were guarded by German soldiers. They seemed to be everywhere, she recalls. I was so scared. Paying for the bread, she was handed a Reich's mark and change. What the f- what's that, mate? <laughs> 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 you know, you're giving me, I'm giving you Canadian dollars and you're giving me, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> what, what literally, is the exchange rate been figured out yet? How much is this worth? What can I buy with this? I know nothing about this coin you've given me. Well, you just take it and walk <laughs> off. Yeah, you take it like... Oh, I don't want to say nothing, but looks German to me. Well, I'll put it in the collection. Next thing you know, a bunch of boats and stepping down the street. Yeah. You're not going to say anything because there's armed German guards next to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were guarding the bridges, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Surprising that I threw. See, you can't even remember the, from, the, from the bridge to the, <laughs> to the shop. Yeah, it just seems strange they bothered to change the currency. We go to all the because they're going to all the hassle of like making occupation rights marks. <laughs> they must be slightly different to a normal German, rights no, mark. It's a German one, isn't it? She, she said. Oh yeah, all right, okay. Well, even so, it seems strange they bothered to take rights marks with them. And well, would it be the it. normal shop owner, you know, just handing them over? Wouldn't yeah, she give them a sort of look? I, yeah, like, what, what the fuck's this? this? Hey, like, hey, what, hey, what? Yeah, hey, 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 yeah, I've been coming here every day buying bread, mate. What, well, he, he what's this? He just has to raise his shoulders and go, just get, just get out, just get out, just get out. Or is he just like, <laughs> oh yeah, the Germans invaded this morning, they come around and give me a bucket of changes, mm-hmm. I don't know who's this now. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, see you later. Didn't tell me the exchange rate, though. For all I know, I'm just giving you like 50 rugs marks in change. <laughs> <laughs> I don't You're know. that for yourself, <laughs> I don't know, I've no idea what's happening. One minute I was Canadian, next minute I'm German, I don't know. I feel the same. (laughs) (laughs) Something's not right here. (laughs) Well, it wasn't supposed to be a surprise. Two days earlier, the Winnipeg Tribune had run a front-page story of a planned mock Nazi invasion. Winnipeg to be occupied. What would it mean to Manitobans if Nazi hordes spread across the province? But not everybody read the daily newspapers. Oh, surely <laughs> she'd have fucking heard the... So they've got a load of Canadians to dress up as Germans and run this little mock occupation, right? Well, surely she'd have heard them talking, like, when they, when she crossed the bridge and they weren't speaking fucking German and they're sounding like Canadians. Surely she'd have twigged they weren't German. Oh, that German sounds suspiciously Canadian. He's speaking What's English. Boot? Boot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what you do in a boot? You know, this girl's an idiot. I'm sure there must have been telltale signs. Well, she says no one in our house would read the paper. She's now a retired nurse. I don't think my mum would have sent me down to the store if she knew there was going to be soldiers dressed like that. Maybe I wouldn't have been so scared if I had been told before. Being scared was part of the intended effect. The operation, the largest military manoeuvre in Winnipeg history, was in support of an effort to boost sales of victory bonds and was widely publicised all over North America. Much of the public had been viewing the war as something far away overseas. Bond sales needed a lift. Dubbed If Day, the exercise was to give Manitobans a taste of what it would be like 
to give up the everyday civil liberties they take for granted, enticing them to buy bonds to fight the Axis powers. So basically, we're going to dress our military personnel up like German soldiers, we're going to let them loose in the town, they're going to arrest you for doing fuck all, they're going to crack down on your civil liberties for the day, everyone's giving you Reichsmarks in change, <laughs> you can vary your papers all the fucking time everywhere you go, yeah. right? Oh yeah, oh, this will happen and if you don't give us money. <laughs> give us some money or this will happen. Yeah. So are you spending enough? You tax me to the hilt as it is. And my four sons have gone. Well, people were thinking it was a war far, far away and they wanted to make people know that this is what could happen if the Nazis win. <laughs> it's pretty unlikely the Nazis would have to America, though. They did in... Um, Yes, this isn't a Philip K. Dick book, Mike. <laughs> the Man in the High Castle. Yes, yes, in that work of fiction, they did, yes. Yeah, it's possible. No. Well, the manoeuvres have been planned for months. Realistic German army uniforms are rented from a Hollywood supplier, complete with helmets, belts, badges and boots. Donning the outfits and acting as stormtroopers are members of the young men's section of the Winnipeg Board of Trade. Defending the city was a mobilised force of 3,000... 500 soldiers drawn equally from active and reserve forces. It was meticulously designed to be as realistically as possible, affecting all walks of life, particularly those that would suffer under a Nazi regime. Homes, shops, schools, churches, restaurants, city bars, uh, city hall, libraries, hotels, newspapers, radio stations, even the provincial legislature. Progress of the invasion and its defence was broadcast throughout the province. Coverage was to be continent-wide, Life magazine, Associated Screen News of Canada, and most major North American newspapers and newsreel organisations were in town anxious to cover every aspect. Well, and she didn't twig on at that point, and <laughs> there's a shit of journalists around. <laughs> the invasion was launched on the morning of if day with a 7am siren signalling a blackout. And she didn't twig on at that point. <laughs> Street lights were shut off and residents doused their lights. Starting from a three mile perimeter from the city centre, the German troops advanced on the dark city. Artillery first opened fire in East Kildonan. Royal Canadian Air Force aircraft with temporary Luftwaffe insignia flew overhead in mock bombings to soften up resistance. Fucking hell! <laughs> Jesus Why? Christ! To shoot them down, cars with anti-aircraft guns loaded with blanks <laughs> boomed from the streets. Fucking... Okay. This is having a fucking war! Oh, 7am, the fucking siren goes. You're like, oh, not the... F oh, what the, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Oh man, I'm on blackout, alright, alright. Next thing you know, the fucking Air Force are buzzing your house and there's anti-aircraft fire going, what the fuck's going on? You have a fucking heart attack. Fixed ACAP units were stationed in City Hall, the Canadian National Railway Depot, Osborne Stadium and the Paris Building. Smoke pots obscured main intersections where defenders were stopping all cars to check registration cards. At 7.30, the defenders strategically withdrew to a two-mile ring, but by 8.30, they could no longer hold, and 15 minutes later, had to further withdraw to bridges and avenues leading to downtown. As the Blitzkrieg advanced towards downtown... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <coughs> uh, nothing was in their way. I was one of the young guys in the militia, recalls George Hoffman, then a 19-year-old private with the 1st Cavalry Division Service Corps. He remembers getting up at 4.30 that minus 8 degree morning and being picked up by Mint Minto Barracks. They stuck us in the suburbs at the cross streets, out in the boonies more or less, mostly in the residential areas. We were there for a while. Hoffman, now 94, says the German forces didn't take prisoners. Fucking hell! 
knowing the fact we were briefed on what we should and should not do, one of the things we were not to do is get physical with these guys because it was all a big act and we didn't want anybody to get hurt. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, they've got guns in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it was just some old guy just came out of his shotgun and started shooting people. Yeah. Thinking they were German soldiers. <laughs> By 9.30, the attacking forces had overrun most of the defenders. As the overwhelmed defence forces retreated towards downtown, demolition squads launched their scorched earth <laughs> <laughs> setting off dynamite charges to destroy bridges including Maine, Provencher and Louise to slow the enemy advance. A deafening explosion blew River Debris onto the North Wood Bridge. Great volumes of smoke rose from its centre support. Officially it was blown up and destroyed. The dynamite had actually been placed on the ice near the bridge but it had the intended psychological effect. Rifle fire continued to crackle across the bridges <laughs> in the breaking dawn. Fucking up to this! As the battle progressed, ambulances and converted light delivery trucks brought in the wounded to the casualty clearing station in the Donington Motors building. The only real casualties were a soldier's sprained ankle and a housewife who had slashed her thumb during the blackout. <laughs> After the 9.30 surrender, the Nazis quickly started their work on the citizenry Churches are stormed, priests arrested, signs posted, verboten. It is forbidden to hold services of worship here. Schools are occupied and teachers arrested. In one school, principles of democracy, our way of life, was erased from the blackboard and orders were given to teach only the Nazi truth. Private homes are forcibly entered, pillaged and looted. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. The realism continues. Is this an exercise? Is it a chance to rob people? Is this the greatest heist of all time? <laughs> Just like... For war bonds. Yeah, it's like, what we'll do is... No, it's not even... They call the silver. Yeah. It's for war bonds. We're just Nazis. We're just always Canadian soldiers, right? Yeah. We can get all the gear. It's organised crime. This is, yeah, this is just a heist. <laughs> Lenny, you're going to get the tanks. <laughs> Local radio stations commence broadcasting Adolf Hitler's speeches and playing... On William Avenue, occupying troops rush into the library and soon emerge with armloads of books, tossing them into a bonfire, laughing gleefully. <laughs> I caught a glimpse of the burning books as Hoffman, who was at first alarmed, but then I read in the paper these were books the library was going to destroy anyway, but they were used to build this bonfire. But a lot of people didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> on the street, newspaper vendors were hassled and their papers turned up. The Winnipeg Tribune became Das Winnipeg Lugenblatt. <laughs> <laughs> so they went to the trouble of fucking yeah. printing a paper? Yeah. Oh my god. Then, led by a monocled German officer. Oh, it's gonna be monocled. Yeah. <laughs> six soldiers rushed into the legislature building and arrested government officials. Out they came with Lieutenant Governor R.F. McWilliams, Premier John Bracken, his Minister of Mines and Resources, his Attorney General, his Minister of Education, and four of the ministers. At City Hall, Winnipeg Mayor John Queen, several aldermen and the city clerk were arrested and imprisoned along with the provincial officials in Lower Fort Garry, commandeered as a German internment centre. Wow. Oh. A man they burnt the Union Jack. The Union Jack was burned and the swastika flag hoisted. Installed in Mayor Queen's office was a... Gauleiter. Gauleiter, a regional leader of the Nazi party named Colonel Erich von Nuremberg. <laughs> Nuremberg set to work immediately ordering proclamations posted on telephone poles announcing new restrictions on citizens. 
a 9.30 nightly curfew, restricted gatherings, enforced home billeting for German soldiers. That's a place where uh, soldiers sleep, isn't it? A billet. Yeah, well, what you do is you go, okay, you four, you knock on the door, you've got four soldiers with you, and you say, okay, these four guys live with you now, it's your responsibility to feed them as well as yeah. give them, you, you know, <laughs> their rations, you cut their rations, and they're going to live in your house. So imagine that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, literally. So yeah, these guys are living in your house now. Yeah, that's it. You're gonna feed them with their, you know, because as well as their rations. Well, they'll be sleeping under the stairs with the dog. Well, then, now, <laughs> you might get a bed if you're lucky. Maybe that's how you sleep on the floor. Yeah. They've got guns, you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Got spud guns. You got spud guns. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's the lack of potato. It's the potato logistics you got to think about with that. I mean, they're they're carrying like about hundred rounds of ammo, and you've got. Three or four potatoes in your pockets. This one boasts 80 per spud. I suppose, but it's, it's it's on the surface area of the spud, isn't it? Well, that's it. I mean, that's how it's worked out in modern spud gun to therm- um, <laughs> physics. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the shots per, uh, per potato are yeah. calculated via surface area on the medial line. Indeed. <laughs> and you can cut it and go again, can't you? You probably do that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but spud guns for your kids, aren't you? For Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Von Nuremberg, anyway. Yeah. The forced home billeting for German soldiers, farmers to report all grain and livestock holdings, and no national emblems may be displayed except the swastika. Organised resistance will mean death without trial. He declared the city would now be known as Himmers- Himmlerstadt. Himmlerstadt. What the fuck? The action wasn't all confined to the provincial capital. Many other Manitoba towns played along. Flinflon, <laughs> what a brilliant name for a town, sounded its siren at 7.15am to announce the advance on Winnipeg and the radio station brought updates on the capital's battle. Eventually, even Flinflon City Hall and the radio station were occupied by enemy forces. Hoffman reckons the operation was realistic enough and effective. No shit. So how long did it go on for? It's a day. One whole day! So they're gonna wake me up at seven o'clock with a fucking siren, then there's gonna be a pitch battle outside my fucking house. If you you go anywhere, you're gonna get dragged off to some sort of detention camp for the rest of the day, and you're like. By nine o'clock, the fucking. You're watching Canadian soldiers getting marched down the street at gunpoint, right? The Germans are putting swastikas up everywhere, you go out the air and see what's going on. Next thing you know, you're getting fucking, where are your papers? And uh-huh. that's it, you're in a fucking, you're getting either detained, or like, get on with it, what are you doing? Go get the shop then, fuck off, you know. It's fucking, it's, it's mad, isn't it? But surely, <laughs> right, I mean, this is amazing, yeah? This is fantastic in its own gruesome, horrible, PTSD-inducing <laughs> way. <laughs> right? It's majestic, yeah. and I love it, but... The effort required. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you'll see what was worth it. Anyway. It's a bit much, you know. What I mean, about the old people? Seen it just years before. <laughs> just Alzheimer's victims. Uh, yeah, uh, Alzheimer's uh, sufferers. You know, uh, some old guy who was in the First World War. Next thing you know, he's fucking going outside with his old Lee Enfield. Yeah, he's in a fucking church tower. <laughs> <laughs> Sniper in the. Uh, Canadian army dressed in <laughs> German uniforms. Hit them on the butt with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, the following day, the freedom of Manitobians was restored and the city returned to normal. 
A giant billboard on the map of the province was erected at Portage in Maine. It was divided into 45 sections, each one representing 1 million in bonds sold. As the campaign worked towards Manitoba's $45 million quota, on each section was placed a Union Jack until the entire map was covered. The momentum was unstoppable. The province had beat its quota, a cumulative $47,073,500 was raised. That's about $658 million in today's dollars. Wow. <laughs> so... So they're getting sponsored? No, these were the, the normal people buying bonds. What you do is you buy an army bond. Right. And then you gu- they guarantee you're going to get interest paid back after the war. Right. But you got a lot of people didn't get paid. <laughs> yeah. They so never it's do. Cl- it's a bit of a con. Yeah. Basically, they're asking you, like, look, the war's really expensive and you've got any spare cash, we'll give you this bond with a promise and we'll give you a little bit extra back if everything goes okay. Yeah. And if it doesn't, and obviously... And of course, the right people were like, to. well, the war's over there. You know, we're in Canada, we're safe. Of course, they did this and everyone thought, oh. fuck me, it could happen here. What if it does happen here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quick, build some more tanks, here's some money. Yeah. That's like another $47 million to throw into the yeah. war the war budget. Production, building shit, training people, paying people. Yep. Wars are expensive. For Hoffman, the exercise helped fuel the patriotic reaction, and Diane Edgelow still has her souvenir Reichsmark. Hmm. A little girl. Ah, And the day she suffered severe PTSD <laughs> yeah. and had a nervous breakdown and pissed herself in the street. It's better than the church. The church just doesn't say it's wanting yeah, money for God. Yeah, dragging the vicar out. It's like, I want, I want the money for God, but, you know, at least these guys are like, well, yeah, we need more tanks, we need more this, we need more that. Yeah. Yeah, but what if you've been going to church, you know, oh, going down to church, la di da di da There's a fucking Nazi fucking half-track parked up outside yeah. and the priest being physically wrestled down the steps and thrown in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're putting a fucking stick, banging a nail in the door, verboten, no more religion. Fuck you, pictures of Hitler everywhere. Yeah. It seems like a lot of effort, but I know they made a lot of money, but how much did it cost to stage? Yeah. I imagine not that much, you volunteers, don't you? Well, yeah, but you've still got in reserves and the army. You've got to get some Reichsmarks, you've got to make the uniform. Isn't it a bit bad taste oh, yeah. as well? In a, in a certain yeah. respect. Do you think a couple of the guys went nuts and like executed some civilians <laughs> for authenticity? They didn't, they did they? No. Unless it was covered up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> was it covered it could, up? It could have been disastrous. I imagine if like, there was like a militia in that yeah. town that didn't hear about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and started eating and engaged the enemy on the streets. <laughs> like Dad's army yeah. type. <laughs> you know, these, you know, it's just the fucking aircraft really roaring over yeah. the fucking the houses. Mock bombings like, and mock they even had the... What do you call them? The Akax? Yeah, that... yeah, anti-aircraft yeah. guns firing back. Are you wake up into a fucking war zone. <laughs> Must have been terrifying. Even black drones can kill. Hmm. Yeah, if you're close enough, yeah. It's, that bullet hasn't had time to break up. Must have been terrifying. Obviously very effective, but it seems like a lot of effort. Man, it seems like a lot of effort. It was nearly a billion dollars. Yeah, there is that. money. There is that. Wow, I enjoyed that. If day, I'd never heard of that, and I thought I knew everything about World War Two. Mm. There you go. Yeah, that's a new one for me. Last but not least, we're looking at the cursed ghost ship of Fiji. Oh, another ghost ship. Arr. Arr. No pirates on this one. 
unfortunately. The uh, sea is a, a vast place full of seemingly unfathomable amount of unsolved mysteries. It is also a place at times that seems possessed of a voracious appetite for human souls. Voracious, Link. Voracious, yeah. voracious for human souls, with many have gone to their watery graves here, and indeed disappearing in the waves without a trace. So this is um, the tale of Joyetava. Joyita? Jo- Joyita, which means little jewel in Spanish. Aww. Oh. So some call this uh, the Mary Celeste of the Pacific, and... It's one of the most perplexing unsolved maritime disappearances in history. The Joita was a merchant ship that left Somoza Alpia Harbour bound for the Tokelu Islands about 270 miles away. It was found adrift in November 10th, 1955 and was 600 miles west of its intended route. All 25 passengers and crew were missing and never to be seen again. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, although listing and in poor condition... Because listing means sort of veering to one side. Yeah, leaning over. Leaning over and such, yeah. The Joyita was extremely buoyant and was not in any danger of sinking. The hull was lined with cork, so it gave it a little bit more buoyancy, and the captain was aware of this as well. I should hope so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's kind of his job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the barnacle growth was high above the usual waterline on the port side, showed that the Joyita had been listing heavily for some time, because if you keep on going through the water at the same, you know, you're going to get things attaching. Yeah, of course. Where, it can, where they can get oxygen, you know, those sort of organisms. Yeah, they used to scrape the holes, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a bit of algae and all sorts yeah. of things. So there was some damage to the sub, um, superstructure. Her flying bridge had been smashed away and the deck house light had been damaged and, and broken windows. A canvas awning had also been rigged on top of the deck house behind the bridge. Don't know what significance that is. That would suggest to me like it was some kind of, uh, you know, sitting outside area, wouldn't it? Like, oh, stretch a bit of canvas out, we can have a little patio. Hmm. I don't know what a flying bridge is. Isn't, um. that, isn't that the bit that you know they steer from? Is it? Well, the bridge is the bit where the captain and they steer from, isn't it? What's a, a flying bridge? Maybe the, do they have two bridges on a ship? No idea. I'm not really nautical. No, no, me. Never, never even on ships. I, I, I know what the bridge is, but I don't know about a flying bridge. I must admit, must be some nautical thing. Mm. Fuck it. So Joey to carried um, a dinghy and three. Carly life rafts, and they were all missing when this uh, vessel was found. Mm. So it might suggest that the crew used the life rafts to get off there. Possibly. Most of the Joy Eater's cargo was missing too. Medical supplies, timber and various foodstuffs. Although, 80 empty 45 gallons of oil drum were left on... Uh, oil drums... You wouldn't want to take all that, would you? Exactly, so they took the good stuff and left the shit, which you would do. Yeah, exactly. And they've thrown the cargo. Yeah. Because mm. it's missing. Well, missing or taking on, on the life rafts. Yeah. Maybe well, they took timber. Well, if you're going to a desert island, they may have I don't know. They left the foodstuffs. Did they? Yeah. Medical supplies, timber, various foodstuffs. Oh, yeah. 
about 80 that was missing no, no, no. So what the, the most, of the, most of the cargo was missing too yeah. medical supplies timber various food stuffs mm. were missing so that's the good stuff. You want to take medicine, you want to take food, yeah. and timber, you may want to they take They left the oil drums. In the room, yeah. You could timber and sort of lash together some of these rafts, couldn't you? Could have done, yeah. Made extra yeah. life rafts. That's a good point. Mm. So the starboard engine was found to be covered with a mattress, while the port's engine um, clutch was still partially disassembled, showing that the vessel was still running only on one engine. Mm, that's weird. Why is it covered by mattresses? Mm. Why would you cover an engine by, with mattresses? That's fucking odd. Put out a fire. The mattresses will burn, Mike. If there's an oil fire, you... You put a wet cloth over it, maybe they dump the mattresses in the sea and put them over the... No, <laughs> no, that's the worst, the worst place Maybe that's why they have to leave the ship. <laughs> I don't get the mattresses thing. I don't get the mattresses thing either. How does it show that, you know, only one engine was going? Oh, because that's because the other one engine's clutch was disassembled, so someone had been trying to fix it and then done one. Ah, right. Maybe you just leaned it up against it. You, you don't know, do you? No. So, yeah, the auxiliary pump had been rigged to the engine room mounted on a plank of wood slung between the main engines. However, it had not been connected. Hmm. So they tried to do something about the... what's presumably either... It's not it's leak, taking is it? water, yeah. It's listing, would... Maybe it was taking a bit of water, I don't know. Well, they rigged, tried to rig up something but not got round to it. Mm. He disassembled the clutch to nick the parts, maybe? Well, the radio was turned up onto the International Distress Channel. Um, however, it was found when the ship was found, it, there was a break in the c- cable between the set and the aerial. <laughs> which could have been quite easily... The cable had been painted over, obscuring the break. Oh. It was sabotage, I'm thinking now. Oh. Yeah, because they'd be like, why is this radio not working? We can't, you know, I don't know what's wrong with it. Look, the cable's intact, but yeah. it isn't. Someone's painted over it. Or oh, the painting and decorator cut it by accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're scared of getting told off, yeah. so he just painted over it as if nothing yeah. had happened. And they go, where the fuck's that painting and decorator? And then they just see a ship with all the food and all the fucking medical supplies. He's like, see ya. <laughs> Gone. Lash them timber together in the <laughs> So all the clocks on board stopped <coughs> at 10.25 and switches for the cabin lighting and navigating lights were on implying that whatever had occurred had happened at night. All they just left the lights on because they knew they weren't going back to it so they didn't know how long it would take to sink. You don't want to sort of... Go, you don't want a, a, black, a ship black tote drifting into yours. You can't see it at night. Mm. So the ship's logbook, sextant, mechanical chronometer and other navigation link equipment, as well as firearms Miller kept on the boat were missing. So that that suggests that there's more and more to suggest they got off the boat, isn't there really? Yeah. But the doctor's bag was found on deck, containing a cephalocope, a scalpel, four lengths of blood-stained bandages. Mm. The doctor did it. The doctor. Yeah. <laughs> on the poop deck. 
<laughs> With a stethoscope, that's me. Yeah. Not the scalpel. No. <laughs> you use a stethoscope to scramble. Strangle somebody on the beat. Then. But surely the four lengths of bloodstained bandages <laughs> suggest that the scalpel was used. No, because the doctor, when he was trying to strangle him, he fell back and he wounded himself. So he needed four lengths of bandages. Yeah. <laughs> You're not exactly fucking. Proro. Proro, are you, Mike? <laughs> so there's numerous hypotheses for the disappearance of the Droitus crew, and one of them like, is not, not too far away from that, uh, Mike. The Captain Injured Hypothesis. Oh. So uh, Captain Miller should have been well aware of the vessel's ability to float, leaving some to speculate that Miller had died or become incapacitated for some reason. Hence the bloodstained bandages. <laughs> um, without him to reassure the other people on board, they may have panicked when the Droita began to flood and um, taken the life rafts. However, yeah. this in itself would not account for the missing cargo and equipment um, unless the vessel had been found abandoned and had a cargo yeah. removed. Pirates could have took the cargo. Mm-hmm. What if they took the name of the became The captain dies or something, right? And they do what everyone yeah, the doctor does. strangles him on the, the doctor <laughs> strangles him with the stethoscope, and then <laughs> and then for some reason comes out of the side, <laughs> <laughs> and then falls on your own scalpel and cuts himself. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the shit, like well, fuck, this ship's listing. What's going on? Oh, so boy, so they throw the fucking throw the uh, cargo. It's trying to balance the load, trying to lighten the ship. It's a possibility. Is it what's more important at this point? The ship sinking or the cargo going overboard? Hmm. I'll be the first to start moaning. I can't get to sleep with this list. <laughs> I keep rolling against the wall. <laughs> the list's getting worse because everybody's rolled on the What's this note? Meet the doctor on the poop deck. <laughs> Right, so a friend of Miller, the captain, um, was convinced that Miller would never have left the Droita alive. He, he was convinced he would go down with his ship, mm. um, given his knowledge of, of the construction, you know, so... It, He's like, it I know it lists. Of, yeah, yeah, it's sort of, it, you know, they're saying it was unsinkable, weren't they? You get used to it, you get some great, you get some great quads built up walking up that list all the time. Uh-huh. If you do a thousand steps a day up that list, your quads will be defined as fuck, I'm telling you. There's <laughs> <laughs> a hench, hench yeah, yeah, on this You'll ship. never have to skip leg day on this ship. Every day is leg day. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, so he, he felt that he wasn't going to leave. So as a Japanese involvement was another hypothesis. The Fiji Times and Herald quoted at the, at the time from an impeccable source um, to the effect that the Joyita had been passed through a fleet of Japanese fishing boats during its trip and had observed something the Japanese did not want them to see. Mm. Oh, like them murdering Amelia Earhart. <laughs> I was thinking more of a sort of top secret boat. <laughs> well, that too, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were scouting out the route to Pearl Harbour. I don't know. I don't even know if this is anywhere near Pearl Harbour. I've no idea. Right, so here we go. The Daily Telegraph, here we go, hypothesised that some still active Japanese forces from World War Two 
were to blame for the disappearance, operating from an isolated island base. Wow, you know what? Maybe. That had actually happened, didn't it? Yeah, they got that bloke in the 70s. Yeah. I think he was the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, had was... to, they had to get his fucking commanding officer. Mm-hmm. They had to track him down. He ran a bookshop somewhere. <laughs> and they had to fly him out to this fucking Pacific Island and yeah. stand him there. He had to shout into the jungle and say, like, hey, come on, it's, it's Lieutenant so-and-so. Come out, buddy. And he's like, look, mate, the war's over. You can stand down now. And he's like, oh, really? Yeah, it's been over for a fucking long time, mate. Didn't you read them leaflets they dropped you? You always were a dumb fuck. <laughs> the fuck on the boat. Your family's just still sat in Japan waiting for you. Your son's a grown man. Yeah, but look at the commitment of soldiers. So at the time, there was still a strong anti-Japanese feeling in the parts of the Pacific and Fiji. There was a specific resentment of the Japan being allowed to operate fishing fleets in local waters. So it could have just been a bit of... Bit of propaganda, bit of gossip, you know, to sort of yeah. stir the pot, so to speak. Well, I never, oh, you're accusing the Daily Telegraph of stirring the racial <laughs> pot, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no! So, such theories uh, suddenly gain credence when men clearing Drita found knives stamped made in Japan, however... That's tests... a bit convenient, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> however, tests on the knives proved negative and it turned out the knives were old old and broken and quite possibly left aboard from when Drita was used for fishing in the late 1940s. There was also the proposition that the vessel's occupants were kidnapped by Soviet submarines. Oh, I love it. Oh, no. He's like, God, oh, darn, let's, let's fish into that merging ship. We can have that. <laughs> Kidnap them. Let's take some more mouths on to feed in our submarine. Yeah. I love the fucking knives, knives just made in Japan written on them. Like, oh, who convenient. So, other hypotheses are that modern sea pirates attack the vessel killed the 25 passengers and crew, cast their bodies into the ocean, stole the missing four tons of cargo. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's another one. Insurance fraud hypothesis. It was also revealed that Miller had amassed a large debts after a series oh, of unsuccessful go. fishing trips on Joyita. However, it would have been difficult to see the events surrounding Joyita as insurance fraud, given that no seacocks were found open. And what's the, a seacock? I don't know, what's a seacock? It's like basically a hole in the ship. Like a glory hole? Yes, but for water. <laughs> yes, but bigger and for water. Well, uh, I think you can basically, if there's a fire, they use it to flood uh, the ship. If, if there's like, if you're listing really heavily to one side, you're taking damage or whatever. Then you can use the seacocks to pump in some water to level the level ship out. out right, okay. Or to deliberately scuttle it. I thought it was like a nasty video. Oh, yeah, it actually goes on to say um, no seacocks were found open and the ship would be almost impossible to scuttle. Also, Miller was relying on Joita being chartered for regular runs between Samoa and Tokaloo. These uh, government charters would have quickly cleared his debts. Well, there you go, the financial mm. aspect's not there. And there's also the mutiny hypothesis. Mm, mutiny, okay. Yeah, the subsequent owner of Joyter, author Robin Mogum, spent spent many years um, investigating the vessel's past and and um, published his findings as the Joyter Mystery in 1962. 
Mogham agreed that events were started by the flooding from the broken cooling pipe and the failure of the pumps. Oh, fucking hell. The mattress found covering the um, starboard engine was used to in either an attempt to stem the leak, ah, here we go, or to protect the... Uh, uh, the electrical s- switchboard from spray kicked up by the engine. Oh, I thought it was used to put out fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what you do. You leave a highly flammable object against something that might catch fire. I said dip it in the sea first. Oh, no, yeah. And what about when that dries out? I'll put the fire out first and then we'll need to dry it, will it? I think it's a massively flawed plan. <laughs> I tell you what, let's set the sofa on fire and punch a mattress across to it and see what happens, shall have we? Have dip it in the bath first. Oh, we'll dip it in the bath and we'll throw it on the burning sofa. Let's see if we can that, see how that goes, eh? Let's test your hypothesis. <laughs> All right, could have your excellent. No, 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 we're here now, we're doing it. <laughs> Go on, Claire. <laughs> so Miller, uh, knowing Joyter was unsinkable and desperate to reach his destination to clear his debt, pressed on. However, Chuck Simpson and possibly other crew members demanded that he turn back. This could have led to a mutiny and Miller and the crew struggled, during of which Miller sustained a serious injury. By now the ship was entering heavy weather with wind up to 40 miles an hour and with one engine good pretty much <laughs> and you know a flooded bilge is that the part of the front part of the ship isn't the, the bilge, bilge like the, the lower decks lower, yeah. Like the, yeah. the lowest bit of the ship the bilge yeah, i think that's where you get bilge water from yeah i'm not a nautical cove <laughs> i don't know so you know and then the boat was beginning to labor so the flooding in the engine would have eventually caused the starboard engine to fail because you know it was putting too much pressure on it um, and that would also, away. yeah, cut electrical power to the ship, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, well, that's your radio gone as well. Yeah, well, the radio was already buggered, wasn't it? Well, the radio was already fucked, but, you know, you've got no light, nothing. So, he, you know, he took the decision to abandon ship. Wow, in those winds and that storm. Mm. No. I, I took my chances just sort of staying there and eating what you can until you... Landed on some island somewhere. Yeah, know. some paradise island in the Pacific. Mm. <laughs> well, it's not far from Fiji, is it? It's got, it can't be that mm. bad a weather. You know, during the day, it's got to be pretty warm, isn't it? Yeah. Evening temperatures of of uh, the you know the sea isn't going to be too too nice. But all right, there's one thing we haven't discussed about this. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for it. Crew abducted. Huh. There we go. How's that? I'll give you my theory. I think the captain and the doctor were having an affair. Right. The doctor gave the captain the old seacock. (laughs) (laughs) He confronted him on the poop deck. The doctor strangled him, cut his arm as he fell on his scalpel, and then the rest of the crew abandoned ship. (laughs) So the doctor and the captain were lovers in this scenario. It was a lover's tiff. What? Well, these things, you know, happen at sea, so I'm told. Don't know. Abandoning ship would be a bad, bad news in them, you know, them sort of winds and swells and... Yeah, <laughs> in your little lifeboat. Yeah, that was a real bad call, cause, you know. 
Yeah, like a really bad call. Yeah, but there's a murder on board the ship. We just throw the bodies overboard and clean the deck. Put <laughs> <laughs> the body and, and the pit take it. There's a amongst you. Oh, kill you any time. You hold well, a trial. You ha- no, you hold a murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> you hold a murder mystery. In these terrible swells and lightning. <laughs> oh, that'd be a well, good they just, No, because they don't <laughs> give the murderer more chance to kill people. <laughs> it's the only way, Mike, it's the only way. Until <laughs> <laughs> then the murderer remains and then we know who's the killer. <laughs> and the lights go out. The last of us to die will know who the killer is. <laughs> We're all gonna die in the bloody ship in in the little <gasps> dinghies anyway. This is a bit more fun, isn't it, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Yeah. Uh, no, no, pro you are not, are you, <laughs> Claire? What's your theory? Well, I think it would be it. You know, it would be stupid to get in in them lifeboats for sure. Yeah, I'd rather stay on the bigger boat until I was sure it was going to sink and then put the, get on the lifeboat. Well, it wasn't going to sink because it was made of, it got cork. It, yeah, but the buoyancy was all, even if it was full, was going to be. Yeah. You'd be wet. Maybe but you'd be on top that. of something. And you could have waited till you got to a thing, so. Yeah, I'll go with aliens. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Aliens oh, win! Aliens. <laughs> oh, well, and that, that's been the anthology of The Strange then? Yeah. We're going to finish the show on something we haven't done for a long time, and this is your first one, Claire. Mm. It's full Alex. Right. Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah. Never go full Alex. Never go full Alex. You want to explain the show, Ben? All right, so the return of full Alex, our favourite game show in this flat. So, yeah, yeah basically... yours too, Claire, wouldn't you've uh, made yeah. it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a friend that is like, you know, he is full Alex, he loves him, he, he watches him, he, he puts, you know, Info Wars on daily. Oh, God. And oh. it's it's quite shocking. I bet. We are um, lovers of Alex here, but more of an ironic kind of way. I'm not a fan. I like his enthusiasm. Like uh, anyway, anyway, but, so what we do is each week Mike finds us a couple of random weirdos that he finds on the net mm-hmm. and then he pitches them against the arch saint of insanity himself, Alex Jones. And the answer, you know, the game, name of the game is who goes more full Alex this week. Okay. Yeah, so it's all right to go a little bit Alex, quarter Alex, <laughs> half Alex, occasionally three quarters Alex, but never ever go full Alex. Right, so who's up first, Mike? Up first is Drew Hernandez. Right, I've heard that name, but I'm not sure who it is. I'm not sure who he is either. <laughs> I thought you might have found that out for us. No. Okay. <laughs> because we are such professionals. You should have expected that, wouldn't you? I thought you vetted all of these <laughs> before. <laughs> so I was under the impression. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter who he is, it's what he says. Okay. Okay. We're not going to stand here and be little pansies and allow Antifa and Black Lives Matter threaten us. We are Americans. Yes, you are. We are not communists. We are not socialists. We are not deep state agents. We are Americans. And right now, it's your time, America. It's your time to rise. Whether Donald Trump wins or not, it's your time to rise. Because we will not go down without a fight. We will not go down without bloodshed! I don't care, I don't care, the media can take what I say and say that I'm violent. I don't care, Antifa and Black Lives Matter brought us to this point! 
If they want to fight, then they got one. Because I'm not afraid of these communists. I'm not afraid of these socialists. You know where to find me. You know where I live. Come down. I'm ready for you. 2A all day, baby. We will not go away. We will keep America great. We will make America great again and again and again and again. <laughs> Let me just say what's on all of your minds. If they want a second civil war, then they got one. Because I will not let this country fall. I will not let this country burn. I will fight to the very last breath. He's a racist Fred Durst. That's who he is. <laughs> he's a he's a more he's an alt right Fred Durst. He comes off the stage. He's like, right, I'm going home to watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and troll people on the internet. <laughs> well, he seemed very enthusiastic. Yeah, I wonder how hard he is at home on his own. You know what I mean? It's alright to say that in front of all your fans cheering you along on. on when it comes to the crunch, is he ready to lay down his life? Well, no, because the idea is because he's the, the speaker, he'll send all those chumps in the crowd out to do it for him, and he'll sit in the yeah. back. He's going to be the John Connor of the scenario, in his mind. And they're saying that they won't give up, but it's a democracy you lost. You won last time. The Democrats had to put up with four years of Trump. Mm -hmm. Now you've lost. I tell you That's what, democracy. What I've really enjoyed is the last four years being like having sort of snowflake and ah, liberal tears. Ah, and it turns out the real crybabies were of course. ones doing all that along. Well, they're both sides as well, but there's some people on the left on the left side of things who are a bit too extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the snowflakes yeah. on both sides, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of lot of Republican tears. And, you know, it's just one of them things, isn't it? It's what happens, it's an election. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that America's a democracy because it isn't. It's a corporatocracy. It's been, it's been bought and sold a long time ago. But, you know, the illusion of democracy is there. Well, it's, it's, it's just weird how it was only fraud in the votes he, in the states he didn't win. You know, that was... All, well, no, it's, it, it was real. It happened. The election's real. It, it's fair. Mm -hmm. You know? But... What I'm trying to say is, actually, if you look at the two choices, there's not much difference between the two. Well, no, you're damned if you do and damned if you yeah. don't, don't you? The only people that are going to win are the people at the top. Yeah. The normal person's always going to lose in that situation. But, you know, that's something... <laughs> it's because of money in politics, because of many things, but, you know, this guy's just... I think he's three-quarter Alex. <laughs> you don't think he's full Alex? <laughs> no, I'm he's... not sure he's full Alex, because, you know, Alex is... Uh, he, I'm not sure he'd use the make make us great again you know because it's using their slogans and pushing their slogans as opposed to pushing the buttons in it yeah i think that he's basically watched too many new metal videos as a teen and the minute someone's put a microphone on him he's put his baseball hat on he's got his hand going with his yeah. chanting and i think but he, he can't to, sing <laughs> i think he needs to work on his stage presence and get a backing group okay next up there's john voigt and john voigt i've heard the name he is Angelina Jolie's father. He's a famous actor, was in Midnight Cowboy. Never seen okay. it. 
Was he anything I might know? Shit loads of films, but I can't think on top of my head. Alright. Who looks familiar? Mm. I think I've seen him in Summit. Alright. That's Jester the Cat. Welcome back. My fellow Americans, I stand here with all the feels I do, disgusted with this lie that Biden has been chosen. As if we all don't know the truth. And when one tries to deceive, we know that one can't get away with it. There will be a price to pay. The ones who are jumping for joy now are jumping toward the horror they will be in for. Because I know that the promises being made from the left to the American people will never come to be. My friends of all colors, races, and religions, this is now our greatest fight since the Civil War. The battle of righteousness versus Satan. Yes, Satan. <laughs> because these leftists are evil, corrupt, and they want to tear down this nation. Then you know you We must fight this corruption that has taken over and fight for the good that seems lost. Let us give our trust to God and fight now for Trump's victory because we all know this ballot count is corruption like they are. So let us not back down. Let us fight this fight as if it is our last fight on earth. As Muhammad Ali said, <laughs> it's not over till the last punch you have. God bless. Well, not so much full Alex, more just Full Bible bash, eh? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Just, it's content, isn't it? And the, sometimes the delivery and the... I don't think... And that Muhammad Ali quote's wrong as well. That's fake. He never said that. I've heard it. It isn't... It's profound, it's not you know. over till the fat lady sings, but... <laughs> you know, Muhammad Ali quotes, dance like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yeah, it's yeah. Iconic quote. That, what that quote was that? That was shit. <laughs> don't stop until you throw the last punch or something. Is this? I think this is in response to Biden winning the election, and of course, oh, I bet he's pissed off. He's got Cambodian fucking grandkids, then, isn't he? Nothing, he just he's not racist about. What do you mean, Cambodian? Oh, Angelina Jolie's like adopted like several oh, kids from Cambodia. Yeah, yeah. I don't keep up with celebrity gossip. So I, I only know that because of a, a, a magazine in the doctor's waiting room. <laughs> 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 That's the only reason I know that. Mm. For some reason, my brain retained it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just strongly opposed. I think he's just a strong Republican. But you're saying that Satan's in the White House now? Well, they were saying that about Obama eight years, four years oh. ago, weren't they? Well, yeah, it's the same old recycled shite, but it's still insane, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's the leftists don't want to destroy America. They live exactly. there. <laughs> You know, what What? What do you mean by they want to destroy America? Destroy your America, yeah. which doesn't exist anymore, or... And it says they're corrupt. Of course they're corrupt. Well, yeah, everyone's corrupt well, in politics. Republicans aren't as corrupt or more corrupt. Fuck, he's delusional. Yeah. All right, then, well, let's see what Alex has to offer. The master. The master, the... And the we have three saints of the show, Claire, actually, the patron saints of the oh, show. Yeah. Right. Saint Alex. Mm-hmm. Saint Tony Blair. <laughs> okay. And Saint David Icke. Okay. Yeah. The liar, the bullshitter, and the war criminal. <laughs> <laughs>
or the madman, the liar, and the war criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Holy Trinity. Alright, <laughs> yeah, Alex Jones. Feels good. Just be getting on careful. Now just put this on. Just put this on. Okay. Handcuffs, okay. Let me tell you, I'm gonna kill you, bitch, now. You're dead, bitch. You're dead, bitch. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> Drives you to the torture dungeon, and right now, Fauci and Gates, they're, they've got us getting in the van. And you can see the wild look in Gates' eye and Fauci, they're like, because <sighs> they are already getting to wipe out 100 million people. And that gets them hard. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, Bill Gates is creaming himself right now. Wow. Well, oh. So we had John Voigt, who we know the truth, and that Satan is now in the White House. We have Drew Hernandez, aka racist Fred Durst, <laughs> and of course Alex. So a racist. Uh, Alex sort of like replaying his sort of rape fantasies <laughs> <laughs> live on air. Yeah. Alex wins it for me this week, in all fairness. Alex has got it. Um, his passion convinced me. See, the, the first guy, Joe Hernandez, had plenty of passion. Mm -hmm. I'll give him that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've seen that so many times at concerts. I've seen a, <laughs> I've seen a lot of new metal bands. Fred Durst calling for Civil War. <laughs> no, but the whole throwing your hand up and all that and wearing the baseball cap. I've seen that at so many. I've, I've, been to a, I've seen a lot of new metal bands. It's my generation. It's all I'm proud of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just happens. happens yeah, all right. I'll see that. It's on at the festival. I'll go watch them. He, he was 75% Alex, 25% rock band. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, old geezer, he was 50% for me. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. And Alex was 100% Alex. Alex was on one. Okay, Alex wins. I would have been <laughs> Alex as well. Clean sweep. Clean sweep, Alex wins again. He retains his crown. <laughs> He's just been beaten, though. He He's, has been a few times. He has been, that's true. Alright, so that's that the end of the show. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. Uh, like us on Facebook, please, and Twitter and Instagram. Facebook Apocalypse. Uh, Curtain of the Bar of the Poster of the Apocalypse. Twitter is Apocalypse Ball. Mm -hmm. Instagram is. Cutting through yeah, the ball. Yeah. Cutting through the ball. Anchor and listen to Devil's Advocate as well, which is the side project. I'm in there along with Sean. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Don't drink the flavour aid and don't join a call. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. We keep an open mind, but not so open that it dribbles out your ears, guys. Hey. Hey. hey.